Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we have an investigation's results fallout over the full investigative report from Sally Q. Yates. Before we get into everything, go ahead and watch all of our Attacking Third episodes, previews, recaps, interviews, and more on YouTube. Subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. We, of course, uh, are starting off this morning with an update to reactions mm-hmm. and fallout since the uh, Sally Q. Yates investigative report into sexual misconduct and abuse into women's professional soccer. That report was released over a week ago. Uh, Monday, I believe the third it dropped. And since then, it's been a very um, intense eight or nine days or so. And there have since been reactions and additional updates and statements, uh, you know, stemming from the full uh, report that was released Mm -hmm. last Monday. Welcome to everybody joining us this morning in the chat. We appreciate you being here with us as always. Lisa, it's just it's constant at this point. I just feel like there's always something else for us to um, to talk about regarding this. Yeah, there is. And and we knew that was going to happen, right? It's been um, a a week and a half, a week and three days since the Yates investigation initially dropped. And with all of the information that was in there, um, really exposing so many people that were still involved in the NWSL, uh, we knew that there was going to be a couple other shoes that, that had to drop and statements to be made from players. And and there has been fallout, some of it in pretty quick succession, but then some others waiting a week, waiting 
um, eight days, nine days. And because of that, we we wanted to jump back on here and chat with everyone about it and give everyone an update on it. Um, and things will continue to happen, right? There will be more, um, I'm going to say fallout that continues to come from this investigation results, whether it's to protect, to implement new laws, or to remove um, people from positions that they are currently in that they shouldn't be in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been doing, like I said, I felt so it feels like an episode every day, nearly uh, about this. Uh, for folks who are looking to to stay updated uh, with the latest on all of the the fallout and reaction, we've done a number of episodes. Again, plug the YouTube. Please go ahead and um, uh, go. You can go ahead and find uh, the videos that we've done already. You can uh, catch up via your uh, preferred streaming method of listening to podcasts um, and get caught up on, on some of our reactions uh, to the things that have already dropped. Some of the things that we have reacted to already are uh, statements and actionable items coming out of uh, the Portland Thorns FC organization and the Chicago Red Stars organization as well. You can go get caught up on those things. But this episode is also going to include an additional uh, upstate, uh, update Excuse me, regarding um, uh, Portland Thorns out of the uh, U.S. soccer investigation update. So just in terms of this update, the series of events that have followed uh, the the release of the Yates investigation um, that really sort of centered and highlighted three specific franchises within that one report, Portland Thorns, Chicago Red Stars, and Racing Louisville. Portland Thorns have uh, released uh, a number of statements, including some actionable items. The most recent Portland statement is from primary owner Merritt Paulson. He has released a statement saying that he will be stepping down as CEO of both the Portland Timbers and Thorns franchises within the statement saying, looking ahead, our organization is at a crossroads and the future is not necessarily a clear path. No matter what happens, ensuring the long term health and success of the Portland Thorns is critical to me, as I know it is for our players and the community. He went on to also issue apologies within this statement, saying, I'm holding myself accountable for not doing enough. I owe Sinead Fairley, Manashim, the Thorns players, and the NWSL my tireless effort to actually make sure what happened in 2015 never happens again. I apologize to our players, the organization, and the Portland community for the mistakes that we made, including not being publicly transparent about Paul Riley's termination. Our organization's failures and mistakes were ultimately my responsibility and my responsibility alone. Yeah, I think this statement um, coming on Monday the 10th, right? So exactly one week after the Yates investigation dropped and this this, – it was kind of like the trickle effect of like everything that was happening at Portland. And, and we talked about this, Sandra, you and I, that there are owners within leagues that you cannot force them to sell. There's nothing written about that yet that, that, that forces someone to sell. But so this was, um, really what needed to happen with Merritt Paulson is that he needed to step away. Um, and, and he did that earlier, but now stepping away from being CEO, um, he had been there with the organization, um, actually like really involved, his family really involved with the MLS and uh, with the Thorns and and the Timbers organization. Um, he was an owner and operator of Portland organization since 2017. And the Thorns were founded in 2012. Um, 
But it, how this connects is that in the Yates report, it was very explicit in saying that Merritt Paulson was the owner of the Thorns while Riley was there. Paulson was aware of the investigation in 2015 with the Thorns, um, and he helped Riley uh, and he fired Riley for cause. But then Paulson was also the same one that put out the tweet from Portland saying, we're going our separate ways. Best of luck to Riley. Um then because that investigation was never made clear to the public, never made known to anyone else, Riley was then able to go on and, and coach for another six years in the NWSL. He went on to Western New York Flash and then ultimately got moved to North Carolina. Um, there was no transparency from Paulson about why Riley was fired. And he Paulson failed to tell the truth in this situation. He minimized Riley's actions, um, and he didn't discourage North Carolina Courage from hiring um, Paul Riley. And, and also in the Yates investigation reports, it said that the Thorns interfered with access to certain witnesses, relevant witnesses for the investigation, and raised suspicious legal arguments in an attempt to impede our use of relevant documents. So not only did Merritt Paulson help cover up what Riley did in 2015 and what was reported by the players of the Thorns then, but also during this investigation over the last year, not cooperating with Sally Yates and the investigation team to help um, uncover what was happening because he knew what he did. He knew he shouldn't have done that. Oh, it's clearly. I I'm mean, getting at, tired the, at, the, at the time, at the at the time, you know, did they? <laughs> you know, I, I just am like, you know, it's um, at the time maybe not, but as the investigation is happening after the Meg Linehan athletic article comes out and yeah. Merritt Paulson's name is all over it, and then the NWSL joint. PA and league investigation launches and then the independent Yates investigation launches. Yeah. Paulson knew he knew. And, oh, I, and God, I just say like, uh, I just say like, did yeah. they in the sense where it's like, was, is this, this is just like the norm, like normal. Like this was just like normal reaction. Oh, in completely. Um, it was just accepted normal protocol in the minds of, of, of certain men, specific men in executive positions to just sort of receive this information and then wish this other person who committed tons of misconduct, wish them well. Just go ahead and wish them well in their next endeavors. And and when they're going to get hired by a new organization, a new club, a new team, say, yeah, he's going to be a great coach. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's been um, I, I believe there's been about three updates, like three statements or updates uh, coming out of of Portland um also specifically from from Paulson um there have been some in each one there has been like some sort of actionable item and this most recent uh this most recent statement and announcement is is coming again just just after last Tuesday when Paulson wanted to say it was the saddest day in his life. Uh, he was filled with sorrow for, for reading all of the, the news coming out. Um, and within that statement saying that he was going to step back from, from day-to-day things and Thorne's decision-making that president of soccer and president of business, Gavin Wilkerson and Michael Lobb would also step mm-hmm. away from role, from decision-making roles with the Thorns. And that was almost like it was phase one to sort of, perhaps test the the public waters or reactions of that. And then you have just a day later, 
that Wilkinson and Golab actually no. Here's a new statement. These two people have been removed from their positions completely. Their roles terminated within the the franchises completely, yeah. right? So no more Wilkinson and no more Golub, right? And then sort of highlighting who will be running day-to-day things. The Thorns General Counsel Heather Davis is currently interim president and CEO. She went on to appoint Sarah Keen as interim COO. The two of them, based on this most recent announcement that Paulson intends to step away as CEO, um, that the two of them will sort of, uh, you know, lead combined efforts to perhaps, uh, you know, do a global search for uh, a new CEO of the Thorns and Timbers. So, so nothing within within the this these prior statements, and of course, this most recent statement, which each of them highlighting yeah. just one more step back, one more step back, one more step back. None of them actually, um, you know, uh, saying within them that there's going to be intent to disinvest or completely move or remove oneself from, um, you know, ownership of, of the franchises. So uh, I think in terms of the reacts, the public reaction to this fans, fan reaction, supporter reaction, right. Um, people's reactions on uh, the, the good old internet um, that folks are, are looking for that, that they're yeah. looking for that to be the next step. Uh, like the, the actual conversation around, disinvestment. So um, there's also been reaction to, you know, Heather Davis being appointed in in this role because of the things that you highlighted right now, Lisa, about within the Yates report, how the Thorns were uh, not 100 percent compliant uh, with the investigation and open with wanting to participate with that. Um, And folks sort of highlighting, well, is this the same general counsel that advised to to not be participating within the Yates report? So um, it's it's like everything that has been coming out over the last eight to nine days. It's it's an absolute, uh, absolute mixed mixed bag of reactions to, to all of this. Completely. And the the, tra- the lack of transparency is still entirely evident uh, because, as you just talked about, how it was like a slow release of like, wow, I'm heartbroken. OK, we're going to step away from from like having our hand in the pot here to, OK, I'm actually going to step away from CEO. Like it's 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 crazy to watch this unfold. But this is um, what the players wanted. Right. As soon as the Yates report dropped, we saw reactions from fans, from supporters group, from sponsorships that we reported on earlier this week saying, hey, we're going to reallocate our funds, not giving them to to you, the individual clubs, but instead reallocating them to the players fund and the, the National Emergency Trust for the NWSL PA and players speaking out about this. I mean, Megan Rapino saying, a direct quote, I don't think Merritt Paulson is fit to be the owner of that team, the Portland Thorns. Um, Becky Sauerbrunn, two U.S. internationals, um, and Becky Sauerbrunn, a player with Portland, saying, quote, it's my opinion that every owner and executive of you uh, and U.S. soccer official who have repeatedly failed the players and failed to protect the players, who have hidden behind legal legalities and have not participated fully in these investigations, should be gone. And uh, Megan Rapino's statement, a little bit more direct, saying Merritt Paulson's name um, explicitly, but still Sauerbrunn saying that if you didn't participate fully in these investigations, you should be gone. And that's a finger point at at someone like Merritt Paulson. Um, So this is what the players wanted. This is what they were calling to action for. There's still more to be done, though, because... um, Arnim Whistler, the owner of Chicago and and the money and statements in this. But this is 
the players' voices are being heard. That's that's what I'm getting from this to some extent. Um, yeah. And at least it's being talked about in the media. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's some of this common thread that we've talked about in some of these statements, whether it's been from franchises directly um, or within some of the uh, collective statements that we've seen from from players, including the the NWSL Players Association, um, that there has been this also this constant mention of the joint investigation that is that is still to come um, between the league and the NWSL Players Association. So that's that's something I think that folks are also still waiting on. I would imagine that that's not going to be coming out. Uh, as NWSL playoffs are happening, mm-hmm. I would imagine that we have to anticipate that, um, you know, post uh, NWSL calendar year. Um, but it's important to highlight those things, the the statements of, of the players. I mean, and these are these are players who were just in Europe. You know, these are statements yeah. of, out of a out of an international window where they yeah. were getting ready to play two of the the biggest programs in in, in the world and. It's not just, you know, Sauerbrunn or Rapino, you know, players who are veteran players who have been around for a very long time saying these things. You, you, there was comment from, you know, Lindsay Horan, who's with Leon right now, and the difficulties of processing that type of news, knowing that she, you know, had worn a Thorns jersey for so long. She is yeah. someone on a contract with intent to return back to that franchise, that it's a, you know, that it was all very difficult to process. Crystal Dunn as well, you know, saying that it was very difficult to, to find joy right in, in, in the Jersey and in, in, in the game right now. And it's, you got to listen when, when players uh, speak up, I don't think if, if we've learned nothing else over the last year or so, that's, I think one of the main things um, that people are sort of walking away with. And, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, in terms of another step back, you know, of the already two steps back that, uh, you know, Paulson is, has sort of taken over the last week or so. I think for this one, this sort of feels like the biggest of those steps, right? You know, removing oneself as CEO of not just, you know, Thorns related, soccer related things, but of both franchises. So no longer CEO, but still the owner. Um, On the MLS side of things, Still has long time. Uh, it has has a long history of of governance with the MLS board of governors. Uh, is a member of the product strategy committee, the on field production and MLS family government governance with the Paulsons. Right, his dad was involved in MLS governance, and and then him being involved. There's a lot of ties yeah. there. So it just sort of feels like even with with even with this most recent statement, with this most recent announcement that has some actionable things within it. Uh, it just sort of feels like this is not the, the that final uh, step, so to speak, that there will ultimately uh, be some more things down the pipeline to come. Um, but again, this is just the latest in terms of what's been coming out uh, in terms of reaction and fallout from the Yates investigative report. But that's not it. That's not the only franchise that had some news uh, this week. We have to speak on Orlando Pride and news out of that franchise as well. And we're going to talk about that with you all right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, we're back to talk about the continued following reaction from the Yates report that dropped last week on Monday, October. It's it's just it's it's like starting a new week a little bit, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we sort of were collecting ourselves and sort of constant planning for this week, I think somewhere in the back of our, in the back of our, our minds, we said that we were probably going to have to hold uh, some time and some space to, to be able to talk about all of these things. And, and, and here we are, because just yesterday or the other day, Monday, October the 10th, kicking off a new week of reaction uh, late in uh, the afternoon, the league and Orlando Pride issued an update regarding the investigation into allegations of misconduct within the Orlando Pride organization regarding now former head coach head coach Amanda Cromwell, first assistant coach Sam Green, and goalkeeping coach Aline Rice. And I, mm-hmm. I remember seeing this headline, Lisa, seeing it drop. And curious about it because this this franchise in this particular situation was not something that was mentioned specifically in the Yates report. And uh, I wasn't too sure if there was going to be an update that presented itself right now, essentially in the week leading up to what is NWSL postseason. Yeah, uh, with Orlando not in the postseason, maybe that changes things a little bit. But this, um, uh, the investigation at Orlando Pride being launched um, early last year within the NWSL and the NWSLPA, which um, that joint investigation launched in October of 2021, and those results have have not been made public yet, but expected to be by the end of the year. And even throughout the Yates report, um, that was also happening along, or the Yates investigation happening alongside the NWSL and PA joint investigation. Um, There was a lot of response from the Yates investigation of clubs, of individuals saying, okay, we're going to wait until the joint investigation between the league and the Players Association comes out. And this is something from Orlando Pride and and the joint investigation between the league and the PA that is our, being released now because it was crucial for them to, to get it out because um, it, their contracts were terminated. They were put on administrative league leave earlier this year, a few months ago. But based on the results of the investigation, Amanda Cromwell, Sam Green, their contracts were terminated by the NWSL um, because of misconduct and allegations of misconduct at Orlando Pride during the time that Amanda Cromwell was there. Now, she was only appointed head coach at Orlando last December. um, And coming from UCLA, the collegiate game where she was for years and bringing over a number of of staff from her her time at UCLA, including Sam Green as her first assistant. Um, But 
this is the first time that the NWSL has actually terminated a coaching contract. Um, and because of that, like hired in 2021, um, hiring Green as well, and and their partnership going back to the UCLA days, which is like a whole other tangent I could get off on, like what was happening to these young collegiate players while she was there. But allegations of verbal abuse, of improper favoritism towards players, retaliation towards players, all investigated by the league and the PA in the joint investigation. It's important, I think, to to contextualize that, right? I, I That was my... That was my first reaction in terms of sort of reading this this update from from the league. Not only just just the timing of it that we're that we're getting one, you know, just a week after um, the the Yates report. I think it's a you know interesting point that you make a, uh, that you bring up about hey, Orlando's actually their season is done, <laughs> so their business that has concluded could actually be be spoken about maybe perhaps um, despite some other teams entering the the postseason. Um, but I think important context to, to, to note that, cause that was my first reaction, not reading the report saying that the league has terminated the coaching contracts of, of Cromwell and, and green. I was like, this is a first, this is a, a first for, for this yeah. league. And, um, you know, that's obviously what was done throughout the investigation found enough or was weighted enough in, the league's opinion that it warranted a termination, a separation of, of contracts for these coaches. An Um, immediate termination, right? An immediate termination, not waiting for the results of these investigations, but Hey, get it done now as soon as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and within it, uh, you know, essentially, uh, kind of having a ban on, on, on these particular individuals to, in, in terms of having a coaching future, uh, within, NWSL. Uh, that's ultimately what these results mean in terms of the, in terms of you know providing, you know additional context for for folks who might not be aware of the the situation that was going on in Orlando. That was something else that I appreciated out of the league's release. That um, compared to some other things in the past, there was context there was some transparency within this release it wasn't just some small five to seven sentence graph that said this happened it's done and here's what we're doing goodbye it's uh, they gave a timeline of events um they provided some background um how the joint investigation uh team has been working on their own investigations also since October 21 around the same timeline as the Yates investigation um, was commissioned as well. Also searching into allegations of workplace misconduct towards NWSL players by individuals in position of power, along with investigating systematic issues in the league. And that in March of 2022, so we're talking just months after Cromwell was hired with the team in December of 2021. And only two months after the season started. Or preseason and then the start very of the Yeah. Yeah. Very early. You're already talking to the league saying in the statement that the investigative team received allegations of verbal abuse and improper favoritism towards players of Orlando Pride by then head coach Amanda Cromwell and additional allegations about favoritism from first assistant head coach um, 
Sam Green. And within those early results that they they saw that some of those allegations were substantiated. Mm -hmm. And because of that, at the conclusion, they were given written warnings at the time. And Cromwell was told that she had to com like participate in, in leadership training. So there's a timeline of events in which then comes May 2022. The investigative team received reports that Cromwell and Green were engaging in retaliatory conduct towards mm -hmm. players who they believed had initiated, participated in, and were supportive of that investigation in March. And it was through then into June that this coaching staff found themselves uh, that they were subject to various forms of misconduct. And then through an additional third party investigator um, investigating more things that Cromwell and Green, this is in, in mid season here where they were placed on official administrative leave. So based on the timeline of events that occur, the investigations that were done, uh, you know, what it sounds like between March of 2022 and June till, till now and in October that they terminated their contracts effective immediately. And yeah, it, it, it really did. It really, I was kind of like, I, I don't know what I was expecting out of the, the update, but seeing it drop, seeing it have a timeline of events, seeing it have um, some additional context out of everything. Um, yeah. It really did just sort of, uh, I'll, I'll say it, it surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it surprised me a little bit too, kind of how quickly um, the initial uh, reports were happening as you, as you timeline that in March and then in June and then um, as things happened. And we saw, Sandra, if you remember, um, throughout the middle of the NWSL season this summer, between June and July, there were a number of players that left um, Orlando Pride and um, whether they were waived or rather whether they were traded, um, it, it started um, with with Amy Turner, right? The Pride released her from her contract June 17th. And then Sydney LaRue was traded June 29th to Angel City FC from Orlando Pride. And then Ungar James, uh, Haas James was um left, uh, parted ways with Orlando Pride in July 28th. So this was all while things were, were happening at Orlando Pride and has, as this investigation was undergoing. And I think one of the important parts of the context to understand is that these certain players made, un, unnamed players, made um, reports to the league and to the club in, in March about this. And then they received improper favoritism and then there was retaliation against that those players until the next report again in may came out um and then at may to october when these contracts were terminated ultimately by the 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 league which of course has has never been done as we've talked about that but um pride owner chairman uh, Mark Wilk releasing a statement apologizing to the players after uh, the news dropped of Cromwell, uh, releasing a statement saying that he apologizes to the players, highlighting next steps about hiring a new coaching staff because that's something that needs to be underdone, understood, and like that that needs to happen next because it's now the off season for Orlando and and if the club wants to keep going, they need to continue to do that. Um, there's there's honestly like so many more steps that need to happen and a lot of questions coming out around this. But it was also found out that um, 
this joint investigation also involving the goalkeeper coach, Reese, and not fully cooperating with the investigation and and saying that um, going to the players and saying, hey, can you give favorable information to the investigators about this? Um, so it, it pretty interesting kind of how this all uh, unraveled and how many different people are involved in this because the trickle down effects and then asking the players to give favorable information like, oh, I can't. I think um, I, I think just sort of looking at the timeline of information that was presented. And then again, I think you bring up, you know, a, a very good point in there's a, there's that, there's that mid season block for this Orlando pride team, you know, bringing up certain movement of players, you know, and it's, um, it's really sad. It's really sad. Um, to sort of, you know, have the information in front of you and sort of, you know, see it. And then, and then also to see like, you know, the reaction coming out of it. Like there's, there's, like you mentioned this, the statement from, you know, from, from owner and chairman, you know, Mark, Mark Wilk, which, you know, issued, you know, some next steps, which were ultimately, you know, just the, the recommendations and the suggestions of, of the league, just reiterate, reiterating that, you know, the implementation of, you know, retaliatory training will, will, will be presented to, to coaching staff, to, to front office staff, to, to, you know, everyone, you know, involved in, in in the franchise, which was a recommendation from, you know, the investigators in in the league. And so, you know, seeing that, you know, echoing those things, putting a statement, issuing an apology, Um, Cromwell, you know, tweeting out uh, a statement uh, in her opinion, saying that she felt the the investigations lacked transparency, that they lacked professionalism and thoroughness, um, and a whole bunch of stuff in between. And she closed the statement by saying that she's going to be reviewing her legal options, um, which for me, reading that, just, you know, perceived to me that she's trying to figure out a way to sue somebody. Um, and, you know, that's unfortunate. Uh, that that's the reaction after you know players have come forth with with some of these allegations. Um, Sydney Larue, one of these the, the former players of Orlando Pride, um, who was a player that that was was traded to to Los Angeles, um, a franchise where she seems to be um, you know at peace and very happy to be with now. Um, stating reaction of her own out of out of this um, update, saying hounding players to go to the investigative team and tell them that players who raised concerns were liars and bullies. And if this is a player who's been with the franchise for some time and is reacting to not just, you know, the update from, from the league, the discipline from the league, but obviously the statements from, you know, the chairman and the former head coach, I can't imagine that that was an environment in which players felt that they could excel in. And thrive. Yeah, and, and and honestly, that's heartbreaking. But the fact that Larue is using her platform of social media to to speak out and talk about this um, pretty blatantly, I think, says a lot about how affected she was in this situation, or how much how close she is to her teammates that were affected, and how much she wants this to stop and wants there to be an end to this. Because Larue is no longer with 
um, Orlando Pride. Like she's with Angel City. She's at what seems to be a great club. And uh, I just think it says a lot that she is continuously speaking out and up about this. Um, But uh, there will be more to come from this situation. Um, As Cromwell says, she's going to review her legal options, like whatever that means and what comes from that. There will be more – from the NWSL and PA joint investigation, those results hoping to come by the end of this year uh, to have more answers about a lot of things. Yeah, it's um, it's just it's it just sort of feels like this is not going to be the last episode that we have regarding um, some of the you know reaction and, and fallout to to everything. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, part of the part of Orlando's um, the update out of Orlando, you know, is is contributed to, you know, the Yates investigation as well. Um, And it kind of sheds a very um, small light for now that that joint investigation is doing its job. And that it's working. The joint investigation between the NWSL Players Union and the league um, continued to sort of maintain and do their diligence um, around the allegations that were brought to them. Uh, And I think it just, again, it just, I think it just sheds a a small light and maybe it opens a window into, you know, how they're taking this very seriously with the joint investigation team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's it for today uh, in terms of the the updates uh, regarding last week and now apparently heading into this week. We want to thank everybody, as always, for for joining us. Uh, these topics are never easy to to talk about or discuss or chat with. So we appreciate um, everyone coming on in and uh, joining us in the live. Uh, thank you all. Uh, download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us out here at the, at the show. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us on YouTube to know whenever we'll go live. And we'll be back with more coverage. The NWSL playoffs kick off this weekend. We have a lot of good things in the works for you all, highlighting the players heading into the quarterfinals. Stay tuned. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was the Taxi Thursday. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.